Hi, this is William Shatner, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Schabell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Schabell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is actor and author William Shatner. William is best known for his portrayal of James T. Kirk in the Star Trek franchise. He's also written nine Star Trek novels and several nonfiction books. We talk about his career, going into space, and new book, Boldly Go, during this episode. William, welcome to Five Questions. Well, it's great to be here. Why did you decide to get into acting at an early age, and how were you able to start your movie career during college? My uh, circumstances may be a a little different from a lot of people. And that is, I was in a camp play when I was six. And I made the audience cry because of the speeches they gave me to to say in front of the Sunday afternoon audience when the parents come to take their children after two weeks in camp. So I made the audience cry and my father praised me. And I never never done anything else. When I went home from the countryside to the city of Montreal, I started performing in radio, stage. I've never done anything else. I've never waited tables. I've never driven a cab. Anything to do with entertaining, writing, directing, acting is what I've done to keep myself alive. So So in conclusion, you were a natural. (laughs) In conclusion, I never thought of anything else. And the initial feedback and support you got from your dad was very That's helpful, exactly sure. right. Yeah. The feedback from the audience and my father made the whole thing like, oh, is that what you do? Yeah, you can't trick the audience. I've talked to a ton of entertainers, comedians, and you know if you're good or not, especially if you do it multiple times. And at 91 years old, where do you get your energy from to continue to perform, write books, and make appearances? I've never missed a performance. I was two minutes late on our interview that gave me great worry. I think that you can get out of bed, and unless you're dying, you can make it across the bedroom, you can splash water on your face and get to the place you're supposed to be and do a performance. It's not as much so much energy as it is, I'm got to do it, I'm going, I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, I wanna play this back to my family because you know, I want to show them that when I'm that age, I still wanna be doing something, whatever that is, I wanna be doing something. I don't wanna just sit home and watch well, cable no, news. Exactly, it's talking to people is the most exciting thing one can do. And if you're doing it for a living, I think how exciting that is. Nobody is alike, their inner stories are all different. And if you can reach it, it's a fabulous thing. Absolutely. And why did you decide to go into space last year? And how did it forever transform how you see yourself and the world? We suggested, a friend of mine, a producer, suggested to Blue Origin, the space company that Amazon owns. Uh, We've heard a lot of talk about you going up, you got a spaceship, and why not Shatner? And they said, oh, what an interesting idea. Come on up to Seattle. So up we went to Seattle and met Bezos and met the people. And what about me and the thing? Go, all right, we'll consider it. COVID hits. And a year later, they call back and they say, you know, Jeff Bezos is going to go up with uh, his brother and I, and thank you. So, oh, great. Okay. I wasn't anxious to go up anyway. So now the second shoot, they call. How would you let you know? No, I'm not going to go up second. Vice president, when you've asked the president. I go, oh. And then I'm, a day or two later, I thought, you know, why? That's stupid. Why don't I go up for the thrill of going up? I didn't think of this weightlessness and the view. I thought of the thrill of going up and coming down. So I said, yes. 
and then had all those thrills, had all that experience of seeing the world and landing and weeping, wondering, what am I crying about? And then realizing I was in mourning for the earth. So when I was asked to entertain at the Kennedy Center, Robert Chernow and I wrote some songs, one of which was called So Fragile, So Blue. And I performed, and that was one of the, that was like the key song of a half a dozen, So Fragile, So Blue, and everybody applauded, wouldn't let me off the stage, three curtain calls, and I thought, my God, that really touched a nerve. Then a company called Legion M said, we're going to show that film of you performing, but they said, let's make a music video of So Fragile, So Blue. And then I said, that might become the rallying cry. And that's what my hope is. Well, I love that, especially because I feel like so many people have that on their bucket list to go into space and you actually did. And yeah, I mean, I just can't even imagine, but I do like what you said of like, you know, crying about earth, because I just feel like whenever I travel to like another country and then I come back home to where I'm from, I feel better about where I'm from almost. In other words, you're taking delight in coming home. Exactly. What are some ways you've applied the joy of exploration in your own life? So exploration can be through the jungle with a hacksaw, seeing, was that a lion? Or it can be exploration of what do you think of X, Y, and Z, and, and really, well, why? And why do you have that attitude? And then you're into another voyage of exploration, which is totally mental. Both are very exciting. Well, I, I really do believe in shared experiences. I've spoken in other you know states and other countries, and I just sometimes get lonely when I do that. So I feel like traveling with someone else or just meeting other people Except can make, things, make the experience way better. Loneliness is the nature of all that. If you're going to do a tour of talking, concert tour, like go in front of an audience and you're gonna book 20 cities, I, I thought, I gotta go on tour. What, what is it? What is the music groups? What is that? What's that like? So a long time ago, I started touring in plays and things. And touring the way you and I do it is every part of your energy is getting to the venue. Then you're in that stage. You get on the stage. You do it, and now it's over. And you got to get somewhere else the next day. It's debilitating. Yeah. No, I have something coming up. I, I... I'm going to speak a few times in California and then I have to go to Florida and then Chicago. Like there's so much. Even the it, way and when it's seeing... back to back, it's like, oh God, because it, flying can be really annoying. I know, exactly. Unless get you have your own jet. The getting to the airport, the airport, getting on the airplane. Okay, you're on the airplane, a moment of respite. Getting off the uh. airplane, finding a light, getting the plane. Getting to the hotel room. What? The mattress is so soft. I can't, my back is going to go out. The pillows are too high. And then, you know, where's the venue? Oh my God, there are no lights. And people don't understand. They're like, oh, you're getting paid to speak or they don't realize what goes into it. The preparation, the logistics, the wear. Like it's on health. You end up eating food that's not healthy. Like it's not easy. (laughs) No, it's not easy. You're paying your dues. And what's your best piece of career advice? Well, you see, everybody is different. So I might say to you, you're talking too much about yourself. Or I might say to somebody else, in my humble opinion, learn another trade. Or you give them a phone number of somebody you know that might be able to help. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different fate coming up. It's their journey 
I mean, what could be worse? Say you're 31, 30, just 29. You're on that passage of the 30s. And it's okay. You're making a living. You may have gotten married or you can support another person. You're living all right. But the bloom is off the rose. You're one of many. And now you're kind of an out-of-work actor or lecturer. Other lecturers are coming up. Their message is a little more dynamic. They have a little more succinct things to say. And you can't give it up because you're now, you're 31, 32, what are you going to do? You're 39, you're stuck. You better keep doing, better perfect what you're doing because you can't change. There's a fateful decision in your late 20s. What am I going to do? Am I going to stick with this? Can I make this through a lifetime? And you got to think in the future. Oh, I'm having a great time now. 10 years from now, what are you thinking? Then you better think about it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, William. To follow his journey, you can read his book, Boldly Go, and find him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where he shares his appearances, musings, and new projects. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Bell, and please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. (laughs) 